0: Welcome to the Uptime Wind Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Hall, and I'm here with my co-host, Joel Saxon. We're in Ace in San Diego at ACP OMS, and it's a really big show, and we've run across a number of people that we recognize this week, and I thought, well, we ought to we sit down and talk to everyone and get them on the podcast. So we have uh, two guests today. We have Will Friedel with uh, C- who is CEO of Prometheus Wind, who's based in Colorado. And we also have Kevin Doffing, he's with the Veterans Advanced Energy Project, which is also part of the Atlantic Council Global Energy Center. Got it. We got it. Got it right. Got yeah. It. It's not bad, right? <laughs> yeah. hey, that, that was one take. <laughs> so welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. So we're here because we're talking veterans yep. and getting veterans into the wind industry, which is an initiative of American Clean Power, obviously, right. uh, but we feel like we need to get more veterans involved. Mm-hmm. And Will, obviously, being an Air Force veteran out of the Air Force Academy, and now running his own successful wind business. Uh, He's the case study. He is exactly the case <laughs> study. Right. So we, we wanted to highlight this because we want to make sure that everybody, as a veteran knows that there's resources out there yep. to get into wind and Kevin, you wanna talk about what's out there right now and sort of the resources that are there and what your organization sure. does?
1: So our organization, the Veterans Advanced Energy Project falls under the Atlanta Council, which is a nonpartisan think tank based out of DC. So if you're inside the loop of DC, um, you know what that is. It's a one of the most respected think tanks inside of DC producing a lot of really great thought leadership that influences policy and decision making. Uh, if you're not inside the the Beltway, which I am not, I'm from Texas. I had no idea what that meant, uh, so I was like, "This sounds cool. You have veterans. It sounds like renewables. I think I'm in I'm in your wheelhouse." Uh, so the the program was really started to build up the leadership uh, within the industry. Uh, it was started through a gentleman named Dan Mish who was at the time at Argonne National Labs and moved over to Invenergy. So Invenergy's uh-huh. been a long time well, core great. sponsor of the program, yeah. has hosted multiple summits, and we host an annual fellowship uh, bringing these leaders together, like Will, who's yep. in our current uh, cohort, and uh, we have an annual summit. So it's all about building up the thought leadership around veterans in this space.
2: And I think one of the things to touch on here, if, if you're not familiar, you don't have any family members, friends, or anything in the military, the military is a big fraternity, right? So if you have people that, Will, I'm sure you have tons of friends from the military and contacts.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It was one of the first things that, um, you know, I started out as a company. I came directly from the military into the CEO position for my company. And so I had like zero contacts, (laughs) zero knowledge, zero anything. Right. And, um, you know, it's really hard to break in just... Going, you know, hey, I'm Jerry Shmelo, trying to start a company. But as soon as I started reaching out to veterans, saying, hey, you know, all across the space, what's important to you, um, you know, for my company, what do you recommend? What's the, you yeah. know, I just need some advice, and it was overwhelming. You yeah. know, almost every every contact that I got for anybody who's consistently on LinkedIn would get back right. to me and be like, hey, I'll help out where I can. It was, it, was, it was really incredible, like, how quick that resource was to the show for us.
2: So I, I know Kevin through some in- initiatives in Houston, Energy Underground and some other things, Clean Techs, and when you're at any of his events, every time
1: there's veterans. It is a very unfortunate byproduct of getting to know me. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of vets. We mostly are okay. Uh, the fraternity comments kind of spot on. It feels a lot, smells a lot like that. Uh, <laughs> You know, but yeah, no, I think that veterans offer this huge opportunity in this space. I actually got to know Will because of this podcast. Oh, good. Oh, great. Yeah, I listened to it. And I heard it. I'm yeah, like, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, yeah. Is that a vet <laughs> business owner in the wind space? <laughs> yeah. I got to know this guy. Yeah, yeah, awesome.
2: I mean, because if, if we break it down, and this is why we're here to talk about this, the wealth of knowledge that you guys bring to that veterans bring to the space, right? So these are these are people that have been that understand. Hierarchy that understand training, that are used to working in tough conditions um, with sometimes even tougher management, uh, right? So, so the, the, uh, the idea of the embrace the suck sometimes, that crosses right over from the military to win.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's not, you know, monolithic. I mean, right. you know, you've got a bunch of different ser- military services. You know, uh, Will comes out of the Air Force, which is kind of like, you know, the really good people. Uh, if Will comes to like an... We so. like <laughs> Are you not? If Will gets stationed in an army base, they pay him more money because they're like, I'm sorry you that's had to a, be that's here. That's a real thing. <laughs> that is a real thing. Really? There's a cost of yeah, living substandard adjustment.
3: living, substandard
1: living pay. For the Air Force? In an army uh, barracks. Okay, now we're, now we're dishing the dirt on the yeah. DOD. Oh, no, everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. So okay. Yeah, it's the cost of living. Oh, my dad was in the army. He talked so many people into joining the Air Force. <laughs> and I talk as many people out of being crayon eaters. I mean, right. Marines. Yeah. Oh, um,
2: uh, but so so talking to this, like, Will and I were talking off air a little bit about, okay, so in his company, they they run it much like it's a military operation, right? Because Will's yeah, background yeah. is in processes and systems, yeah. trained that way from the Air Force Academy, yeah. and, and give us a little bit of the history, kind of, you told me the story yesterday about how you got into Prometheus Wind, why it became a thing.
3: Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, great point. I started off at the Air Force Academy, went into um, special operations, a special operations career field called Combat Rescue within the Air Force. Um, I had a weird kind of journey where every, every place I went, I was building some sort of entity within the, the unit that I was in. First, it was small, you know, two teams and next it was like eight teams and then uh i went back to the air force academy design training and that was the and basically was standing up an operation for with 600 people and a thousand students was a pretty massive operation yeah and so with that um you know and like my my experience was kind of special in that like that was all i did but or not all i did but i did that a lot but everybody who's in the military, it's the biggest bureaucracy in the world. There's so many systems. Everything's systemized. There's so much uh, ambiguity in combat and, and in that environment and, uh, and risk that you have to mitigate. So there's so many systems that are, that are built to effectively do that. And so yeah. when you get a guy from the military, like I was, and, and you put them in the, in, into an ambiguous environment, they can easily identify, okay, hey, you know this company or this environment. In order for me to solve this problem, I can just take this tool off the shelf that I've that I've seen before, and I'm going to you know implement it into whatever right. environment I'm in and use it to, to solve whatever problem I have. Mm. You know, and, and I think that's you know we had the we had a panel yesterday about you know veterans in the, the energy uh, sector a, yesterday, and we talked about this, and it was just uh, you know multiple times people would bring up, hey, you know I got into my position, and then I was able to to rise every. every like incrementally and, and very quickly because mm-hmm. I knew how to solve the problems that right. nobody else knew how to solve. I think
2: that so being around the Window and M space, we talk to operations and maintenance companies, ISPs, all over the globe. The good ones, that's what they have, right? They have structures, they have processes, they have systems. The ones that are like there but kind of not there, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or the ones that vote? yeah, yeah, they're winging it or they have this, you know, they have uh, cost of poor quality problems and these other things or or at the worst level HSE and safety issues, it's when they don't have systems and processes and or their people don't abide by them because they're not designed well, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so in the wind industry as we have right now we know we have issues in the field with serial defects and other things and that can be a fix can be done for that but there's something to be said for how that day goes and how that company runs and how those service people go about doing their project or go about doing their day to accomplish these
3: tasks yeah 100% and um, one thing I'll say is like we were by no means perfect along the whole or, <laughs> right. along the whole way, right? Like we made some pretty big mistakes. But the big thing that you're saying is, you, in order to learn from those mistakes, not just because I know better now and I'm not going to do, it, uh, I'm not going to do that same yeah, that, thing. Yeah, that doesn't fly for the institutional learn. You have to change your systems. And so, because we have so many systems, and because we're so based off of the military. Um, in that way then all we have to do is tweak the system and it's not just one person learning that lesson it's the entire organization learning that lesson and, yeah. and being able to mitigate that risk even after the person who learned it leaves their position yeah. which is yeah. I think very important so that's one of the focuses for me
2: is when we when we're talking veterans in the workforce yes they they would make a fantastic technician base however management CEO yeah. Like there, there's there, the, the lessons learned from that can directly apply. When I was in the oil and gas world, uh, exploration, exploration is the tip of the sword for oil and gas. You're the first ones out in the field. It, it's it's like you said, I love the way you worded that ambiguous when you get out there sometimes. And if it's not controlled, you're in a pretty rough spot. And we had some military vets in our teams and they were always the best. They were always the ones you could count on. I did some stuff on the on five winters on the north slope of Alaska. And when you're up there, you're in a vehicle. Uh, if everybody's ever heard of a Hagland or a Tucker, right? You're out there, 30, 40 miles from camp, by yourself. If there's an issue, you have to be able to solve it and get home. Yep. And I've had yep. I had a military vet one time come limp a Tucker back in, and he was radioing like, "Hey, I got this problem, blah 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 blah." Went radio silent for a little while, and then all of a sudden, "Hey, T18, I see you moving on the on the screen. We're I'm I'm making it back in." He had blown a U joint right and fixed it with a hammer <laughs> uh, he blew a u-joint <laughs> in a freaking fifteen pound tucker s- figured out how to get a, a hammer in through the u-joint and then wired it up with like baling twine and wire and duct tape and limp this vehicle back i was like man this guy he's in he's good he's he's one of mine forever now
3: and i'd, I'd like to talk like a little bit about what the military does to kind of produce that in people because it's not it's not something of chance it's not like oh, right. they went to the military so they you know by chance they have that that skill set you know like it People who go through the military, you know, you talked about leadership. Yeah. At every stage of their military development, they get leadership training, you know. Mm-hmm. Basic training is to is to teach you how to how to have the discipline to take care of yourself. Well, once you go into the military, pretty quickly you're taking care of other people. And then there's another school that you go back for uh, leadership training, and then you go back to the line units, and you keep going. And at every stage of leadership at where your responsibility shifts, you get more leadership training. And so when you get out, most of these guys, especially if they've been in for any length of time, have way more formal leadership training than is found almost in any other industry. It's it's really incredible. Mm -hmm. And then um, within special operations, when I was running training, my job was always uh, to try to take what people, what I knew people knew and create ambiguous situations where they had to use that in ways that they weren't thinking of in order to solve whatever problem they ran into. And so when I built training, it was it was just like that, you know. Like we had, yeah. It was always, you know, what's the most creative way to solve this problem? And this, and that's uh,
2: that's the thing. Like that that incident, that story I told there. It's not that he was like, oh, I can't wait to figure out how to fix this. He was yeah. like, I need to get back to camp. Right. I'm gonna figure out how to do yeah. that. That's my goal right now. Yep. It wasn't like, oh, I, I'm, I'm MacGyver and I know how to work with hammers.
3: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was just, just hey, here's a problem. Yeah. I, I think I can find a solution. And I'm going to I'm going to noodle on that solution for yeah. longer than anybody else because I've got practice, yeah. you know, trying to figure out ambiguous situations. Yeah.
1: I mean, when I came out of the military, I went through one of these headhunters that placed junior military officers into corporate America. Mm-hmm. You know, one, th- <clears throat> one of the things they talk about is that, you know, at what was I 24 25 I had a a level of responsibility that most people in corporate America have in their 30s right right because not only are they investing in us to have this great training and everything else but as a junior officer as a second lieutenant which is the greatest job in the world because you're the biggest idiot (laughs) and everyone around you is smarter than you if you're smarter
3: it's the hardest job in in, in the world like
1: you get a lot of responsibility and if you let it go to your head you're now the worst leader in the world but like if you're smart you're paired with these people that are way smarter than you there you're surrounded by they'll help if you listen yeah build you up and that's a huge investment to make in somebody that right. could be leading this better than I can mm-hmm. but they're making this investment into me for the long haul and what they they showed was like if if you're looking at like somebody in their mid-20s in the military coming out they've managed teams they've done things and in corporate America they're waiting for you to ha- you know, be trustworthy and accidentally have proven yourself right. before you're allowed to right, have that right. responsibility. And so there's just a better method of developing leadership through execution in the military.
3: Well they have to they have it's to a, have that because people yeah. get out so quick.
2: You know? Right. You but it's part of the process, right? It's a it's great a process. It's planned that way. This is how we're going to operate right. this thing.
1: And I mean that's one of the things I think about our industry. There is not a clear pipeline of talent on-road from the military into this. You know, yeah. we were talking about it yesterday, and, and you know, big thanks to Josh Rogers, who's a naval vet and work, runs the workforce group over at ACP. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he set up the, the panel, and we had really great guys, but there's a, almost a quarter of a million vets coming out of the military every year. Really? And we do don't not do have that, a steady state pipeline of that talent coming in. 90% is enlisted, which means more than likely they don't have a college education. They right. fit that technician to senior lead. Right? But we also have really great white collar professionals that can manage projects and lead mm-hmm. in, in the office and, you know, uh, do asset management, project development, all these different yeah. things. I mean, from the military, there's people that, that's their job, asset management. I mean, that's perfect. Logistics, Logistics finance, yeah. all these things. Yeah. And I mean, I have probably three calls a week. So, I mean, if, if anybody's curious, how do I get into this, if they're listening to it, you know, just reach out on LinkedIn anytime. I set up calls uh, all the time yeah, to yeah. coach people how to get into this industry. And it's usually just meeting other vets.
2: So. So that's so let's 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 switch gears and talk about this a little bit. The, how we develop that pipeline. So what you're doing, great grassroots outreach. People are contacting you. That's not scalable. No. Right. There's, Kevin only has so much time during the day. Will so we'll has so much time during <laughs> the day. So if we were to put because if there isn't, and I don't know of anything that is a function. I mean, maybe you guys are working on it at the Atlantic Council or something there. But I don't know a function where it could be a website, a list, a, a contact, a something to do where military people
1: can come out and. So it's difficult because there's an intentional air gap between DOD and Department of Labor, okay, right? Okay. And sometimes, unfortunately, when uh, the 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 transition force goes up or down with the unemployment rate that the military has, mm-hmm. right? And so when veteran unemployment's up, then you'll see a lot more people deployed in that. It's kind of like how in oil and gas, you know, the focus on energy transition correlates really heavily with the price of a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> um, just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> Real conversations here. <laughs> um so what, one of the things that has to happen is you have groups like um you know uh oh gosh they, they do a lot of um uh, hiring our heroes is a great yep. one okay uh so they they've got a virtual solar uh hiring fair going on in the next week or so That's uh great. That's you great. have air streams which is working on bases to do training and then push people out you have a lot of really great opportunities in the space but there's not a real clear pathway when you're leaving the military. If you don't see people living these careers and knowing that that's an option for you to get into it, yeah. and I mean, you know, for the younger vets that are getting out, those E3 to E5s that you know need to pay for things, yeah. a traveling yeah. technician role is a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a great-paying job. Absolutely. And they don't know that, but they know that about oil and gas. That's sure. true, yeah. We've helped a lot of people, and there have been some great military recruiters from Baker Hughes, Exxon, a lot of, the, most of the service companies, that's where the jobs are, just like in this industry, Yeah. right? I mean, the developers are great, but it's the service companies that carry most of the W-2 employees. Yep. Right? And that's where we need to really emphasize the employment and the opportunities in the blue-collar uh, workforce.
2: So, so, let me think about it this way. Is there, because I don't
1: know, I'm not, I
2: wasn't in the military, but is there a transitionary office or like help. So like when you're go ready to, uh, what is it? D, uh, DD, Get what's your DD 214. Do, f- 214. So you yeah. get, when you're ready to hang on to that DD 214, is there someone that contacts you and says, Hey, you're going to civilian life. Let's help you out. Here's some
3: options. Does that exist? No. Okay. No, and if you wait, request, wait, no, yeah. actually like the, cause they have the transition, so they have tasks, okay. right, yes. right? So that's like a two week program. It's very, it's, it's pretty quick. Um, and actually, we had the we had a couple of questions uh, yesterday about different um, service providers who are because the service providers are looking for people who are yeah to, they need to become know,
2: connected not, with
3: exactly. tabs it's or whatever that, that not is. it's not a desire. It's just that there's not a mechanism. Right. So. Yeah. So so that's one of the things that you can do. There's there's um, but I think there needs to be a more formalized program to, to, yeah. to aid in that transition, at least specifically for yeah. the
1: so, so there are groups like Combined Arms, which is working in multiple states now, and they work through state agencies to help military transitions, both from the individual veteran and their family, right? Okay. So you have men and women getting out, but you also have military spouses coming right. out that have gaps in their resumes, which, you know, unfortunately can be an impediment when it goes through an AI search of like, oh, yeah, right. throw, throw that resume out. And it's yeah. like, this is an amazing individual that you have no idea what they could really do, 100%. and you just completely overlooked them because of a... Resume gap. Because of some, something silly. And so, I mean, like, there's there's tons of stuff like that. Combined Arms works in the back end, white labeling their, their stuff through Texas, I think South Carolina, and, like, a few other states. Yeah. And so the funding model is the states pay for that because it aggregates and assimilates all the different resources, and so you have one point yeah. of uh, connect, connectivity there, and then you get access to everything. And then there's, like, a no air gap situation where, you know, they will... Uh, you know, measure and assess to make sure that those agencies do follow up. Okay. Right, so those are really great things. In the Gulf Coast, there's a great organization called Nextop. Uh, they do a lot of great opportunities inside of energy, and they're trying to get through some of the DOL funding that came out of the IRA bill, some of the increased programming so yeah. uh, they're the a great team there stuff
2: that needs to be in the IRA bill mm-hmm. Texas a great market someone told me one time I, oh, for, I, this is a weird that's a weird saying I guess great market be a great market to find these veterans because I think someone told me one time that it's like 17 to 19% of our military comes from the state of Texas yeah it's, it's huge it's it's overwhelmingly a yeah, no large surprise. percent compared to the rest of yeah. them well,
1: we don't pay state state tax. Yeah, That's yeah. one of the big Makes things. Sense. So, like yeah, a lot of them in Texas, Alaska. Florida. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot, you'd yeah. be surprised. Yeah. Well, and also you have great benefits if you if you enlist in Texas. When you come out after you utilize all of your GI bills, you can get a full four year education for free under the Hazelwood Act. That's great. That's so amazing. I mean, like tons of opportunities uh, that don't exist in in other states. Okay. Um, but I mean, you know. To to really build this up, what what companies need to do is they need to find the veterans that are already working for them because it's such a fragmented market and it's so much on word of mouth and trust Okay. that if you don't have veterans inside your company, it's really hard to get those first placements because you come at it from like a charity perspective and you should not. The bar goes up, not down. Right, Um, right. I've seen companies refuse to do uh, military hiring because they tried to do charity hires and then they were very disappointed you know, these are like hush, hush, closed door, like, hey, Kevin, we tried this, but like it didn't work out. I'm like, what did you do? Well, you're hiring welders. Okay. So we hired 12 guys. Okay. I like where this is going. And then we put them to work. I'm like, okay, what was the training like? What do you mean? you said they were they welders in the, in the military? No. So you just grabbed some and like sad puppies and you <laughs> yeah, yeah. like expect them to pull a, a cart. I mean, like, wow. what are we talking here? Yeah. And so like, it didn't work out for them. And they're like, uh, eh, we give up. Yeah right so there's great organizations that can help coach them through that process but the best thing is if you have military veterans in your staff like talk to them first yeah if you're at a big company look at starting or enhancing your veteran employee resource group yeah right so so let's do this um action items
2: if we were to list off three four five action items that the wind industry and the solar industry for that matter the renewables industry can do right now number one we're talking if you're already an ISP or or you're an asset owner or whatever that needs a workforce, go internally. Talk to the vets that you already have uh, about what what you know the work means to them and what their networks look like because you can find people that way.
1: Yeah, because they're gonna tell you why yeah. why is being a veteran meaningful to this company. Yeah. I'm already here, I know what it is. Yeah. I know how to find the right culture fit. Right.
3: Well they'll also be able to tell you what like military career fields fit well with the company. Yeah. Say, hey that's these are kind yeah, of that's a you know, these these are this people. kind of position fits well with this kind of you know you know yeah. uh, MDS you know So then
2: you know. if you're if you're one of these same people looking and you're a recruiter or you're responsible for their HR or their workforce Connecting with something like the TAPS program or Next Stop or one of these other opportunities that are out there, if you're looking for people, go connect with them. I know that if you talk to any ISP walking around this show floor, there's a thousand, fifteen hundred people here. Yeah. Probably a thousand Mm -hmm. of them. You know, they're all saying the same thing. They're all internally in every one of their board meetings or management meetings saying, everybody's a recruiter, we need people. Everybody in this room is saying that. Right. They should, they need to come up with a plan to tell their recruitment staff go and engage. Don't sit and wait. Go be proactive because these people are out here and we need them. Well, they
1: need to tell those stories, not just on Veterans Day or Memorial Day (laughs) or on 9-11. Like, that's great. But I mean, like, just highlight the fact of what these employees that you have already on staff are contributing to your company and how that has a relevant tie from the military. So, like, don't just highlight what they used to do. Talk about what they're doing today and in the future yeah, based on their past. Yeah. And,
3: and recognize like when they're doing well and when they're advancing, it's not just because they're they're good people, it's because they're good people who have good solid training and a, yeah. a great foundation yeah. before yeah. they got in that position. Yeah, you're getting a pre a pre pre groomed employee.
1: Yeah. 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 And
3: the I mean, other, oh, go ahead. Uh, the other thing I'd say is, you know, it, it, we, you want to approach the problem from the ground up as well. You know, if you're a veteran trying to get into this industry, the thing to know, just like me, there are veterans everywhere at every level and every type of organization across the entire industry. And you can, and, and they are fantastic resource because it, everybody who's a veteran wants to help other veterans out. You know, right. especially if you're in the same service. You know, so, yeah. um, so that can provide you with a lot of things. You know, you can ask people, what's this job like? You know, what are the, what are the good things? What are the bad things? And we're gonna be frank, you know? Hey, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, know about this. That'll help you narrow down what you're looking for specifically, like, this is would be a good fit for me. And then once you find that, then you then you do some more networking, you figure out, okay, hey, how do I communicate value for that position? So when I go to that interview, it's not like, uh, you know, I'm just talking about my past. It's like, hey, talking about my past, and I'm gonna talk about how I can apply it to the, this specific situation, you know what I mean, and and you're not going to get that without a, a certain level of industry knowledge, and and the networking is how you get that when you're making that transition.
1: And they should be listening to this podcast. I mean, like you got to hear the industry. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's I listened to podcasts for a couple of years before I moved to the industry, just so I knew, what just the jargon, out. how people yeah. talk, yeah, the cadence. You know, how, how people saw things, having some situational awareness, yeah. you know, you have some talking points if you meet someone from industry to be like, oh, did you hear that Siemens is recruiting military veterans at their training center in Orlando? Yeah. No way. That's cool. You know, like yeah. just little things, which is a real thing. <laughs> but to Will's yes. point, I mean, like the the thing I always have to talk about with veterans is like, you're enough, right? Like I always get, you know, because we're such training heavy, like, hey, you got to go back right. training, get your next yeah. duty station, whatever. is they're always like, how do I get my PMP? How do I go get this certification? I'm like, you don't need jack. You are enough to get in this industry. What you do need though, is to sell yourself better. So a lot of times they, they just will rattle off everything that they've done and stop. Instead of like cherry picking that like, you're telling a story, yeah. and it's like, I did these things, and that's why I'm going to be a great technician. I did these things, that's how I'm going to be an amazing, you know, project Z developer. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 And yeah, understand yeah. that the civilian world is not the not combat, you know? Like, you, if you can sign up and, and say, hey, I can do these things, and I can accomplish these things, without knowing 100% of what you're doing, you know, if you if you sign up and overcommit yourself in a combat environment, you can get somebody killed, you know? Then they're right. like, hey, I'm, I'm trained on this thing, I'm just going to use it. Then you don't know how to use it, you know? In the in the, I'm not saying like don't do things you're not trained on for safety wise, but yeah. but like leverage the fact that like hey you may not have the industry knowledge, but right. w- you can do that position. You're not going to go there and and uh, you're not going to know everything about it, but you will be able to adapt very quickly and very well. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So uh, I want to make sure that we
2: touch on the atlantic Council and what you guys are doing as well. So yeah. I know that you got to, uh, you're planning on a big summit next fall.
1: Yeah, so uh, we'll have our next Veterans Advanced Energy Summit uh, in October, uh, that first week of October. So that'll be in DC. Uh, we'll have a full day of panels. Uh, one of the panels that we'll be doing, will be talking about uh, base uh, security and energy. So we'll have some folks from uh, one of the DOD groups talking about how they're securing and kind of micro gridding and islanding and also supporting the supply chains coming in. A lot of different stuff with some of the policy uh, makers, uh, you know, because our motto is national energy security is national security. And so this stuff matters, you know, yeah. especially a lot of us that were deployed to Iraq and other places, I mean, like, we were there for some very obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, I mean, once we secure these things, you know, then we'll be fighting over water or whatever, but I mean, like, in the intermediary, like, we should be able to secure our energy future. Sure. Uh, and, and a military perspective on that is clutch. One of the other projects we're doing uh, outside of the, the Atlantic Council, uh, with Project Vanguard, is to really mobilize military veterans inside of these local community engagement campaigns for grassroots advocacy. You know, t- that's a
2: problem in the wind industry right now. huge, right. Problem. huge problem.
1: Right, you have all these counties shutting down uh, the even the opportunity to build. You know, which brings jobs, which increases the tax basis, right? Right, yeah. which is telling other people how to manage their land use. Right. Right, which is un-American, in my opinion. So you know, those are opportunities that I'm talking with developers on. How do we get this? You know, not a red, not a per, not a blue, not a coastal thing. Like, listen, it's a it's a pragmatic American first message that military veterans are best to provided deliver. to deliver. Yeah. Right. Like, if you don't think that I give a crap about like America, then you you know, like <laughs> I I've sacrificed place, some things right? for yeah. it. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. listen, I mean, like. <laughs> I'm not a selfless guy. So I'm still in business, but I mean, like, if that's something that you know, folks listening to this on the military and veterans side are interested in, again, reach out on LinkedIn. Yeah. We're pre-qualifying people across the country to go get engaged in this, and it's something that you know, whether it's just uh, some side time or it's a way for you to get exposure and see if you like project development. It's a great way to build a talent funnel into this industry because too many times, like. I had a hard time getting in being told I was overqualified and inexperienced because I'd owned an oil distribution company and I tried to get like associate jobs at some of these IPPs and they're like, hmm, I'm sorry, you're 38, isn't it a little too late to change your job and, uh, you know, change your career? And I'm like, oh, oh, buddy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here you are at 26 thinking you got it all figured out. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. want to give you a yeah, hug I think I'm and on a my hot cocoa.
2: Okay, guys.
1: Life's got some swings for you.
2: Yeah, fantastic. So this is a a message for anybody listening to Uptime. If you want to get engaged bringing military vets in, or if you have an idea, or if you're looking for some guidance, Will, Kevin here, find him on LinkedIn. We'll give a shout out to the company. Where, where can they find Prometheus? How can they get a hold of you?
3: Uh, yeah, our website is www.prometheuswind.com, and then you can always link, uh, link up with me on LinkedIn and yeah. and chat about it that way as well. What kind of services do you provide there? Uh, great question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the plug. Uh, I'm here so, for you. Yeah, we so we do uh, blade repair, and then we also do like end of warranty inspections, gearbox inspections, internal walk downs. Um, you know. Uh, MCCs for, for construction and a repower, that kind of thing. And Ke- so,
2: Kevin, on, in what you're working on, I know you're helping a lot of different organizations. But what's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, just reach out on LinkedIn. Um, that, that's probably the best way. For the Veterans Advanced Energy Project, go to uh, vetsenergyproject.org and you can sign on, you know, you can see what we have going on there. We're trying to do more hybrid events with the veterans groups at these companies. Uh, so we're just talking to NextAir and Investus about that. Great, getting great. them to host some local events that techs and other people in this distributed workforce can go to, but also you can dial in remotely. We did some with Fluence back in October like that. We're setting up something in Houston in the next couple of months. Great. Um, and then uh, you know if you're interested in the Project Vanguard stuff, again, just reach out on uh, LinkedIn. You know, for VETS uh, Advanced Energy Project, we will have a fellowship application opening up in May. Uh, we have a current job opening as for an assistant director. So this has been something I've been volunteering to do. And uh, we're now hiring someone full-time to help me because uh, I do have a job that, to pay my mortgage outside of all this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited about having somebody on the, on the AC staff to help. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Can you just say something real quick about the fellowship? What that's been like for you?
3: Yeah, the, the fellowship has been incredible, right? and I think anybody who's in the you know a veteran in the industry and you're really looking to, to have an ambitious career, um, it's it's a really good pathway or a mechanism for that. So basically, uh, it's it involves know uh, professional development networking you know you have to write a policy paper which means you have to have know enough to write a policy paper which you know I definitely did we'll get know. you there yeah well uh, yeah I'm, I'm working that way but in in that process you talk to a lot of people you know we've talked about network effect and all that, those things you you meet so many different people you get so many different perspectives and, and it's it's really kind of uh, game-changing going through that experience you it's only one year experience and then after that, you've got the ability to pull people up. You've got the ability to solve problems that were way outside your scope before because you can talk to people who know way more than you do. Because you know? that, that is the thing, you know, for veterans coming into a career field, um, you know, y- you don't have that depth of technical experience, you know, so you kind of have to rely on other people. And, and we're really good at that. We're really good at, you know, coordinating, communicating, overcoming. Um, but uh,
0: uh, this is just one of those mechanisms that, that takes you even to the next step. Wow. Kevin. Well, it's been great to have you here. I've learned a tremendous amount. And, and if you're a veteran listening to this podcast, reach out to Kevin, reach out to Will. They're, they're here to help. So there's a lot of resources out there. Make sure you contact them, reach out on LinkedIn. And thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. It's Guys, thanks ha- for having me. Fantastic. Us. Yeah, thank you. Great. Thanks. thanks.